You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Kicking off hour two on a Flames game day. We're live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Cracked Foundation, Bowling Foundation Walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement Eve. This is dlbasementsystems.com. Hour one in the books. Lots of Calgary Flames conversation on a game day. Heard from head coach Ryan Huska and Rasmus Anderson, as well as took a look at the opposition, the incoming St. Louis Blues. Alex Ferrario from 101 ESPN Radio in St. Louis joined us to get the latest on the Flames opposition tonight. If you missed any of that, make sure to check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Still to come this hour, coming up in just moments, we'll hear from Cole Schwint and his Flames NHL debut. And Andrew Mangiapane, who missed Monday's practice with the Flames due to maintenance. He's back and ready to go on that line with Blake Coleman and Michael Backlund. Also dive into... Some Calgary Stampeders news on this Tuesday. Jay McNeil's the new team president taking over for John Huffnagel. We'll hear from Jay uh, Tuesday, uh, excuse me, Wednesday. We're going to have him on the program. He's going to join us uh, Wednesday afternoon to talk about that new role, but we'll tell you uh, about all the restructuring in the Calgary Stampeders organization and um, another major sporting company is going the direction of streaming. Is this the future of how we consume sports? Me and Shan are going to dive into that a little bit later on this hour as well. Fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. Shoot us a text if you're listening live. Would love to chat with you on this Tuesday. Uh, we do have some news out of the NHL breaking uh, from Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Flyers, uh, per GM Daniel Briere announcing that goaltender Carter Hart has requested and been granted an indefinite leave of absence, citing personal reasons. The club will have no further comment at this time. So Carter Hart stepping away from the Philadelphia Flyers due to personal reasons. He's been granted that by the Flyers, and uh, they'll have no further comment. Hart this season, having a a bounce-back year, 26 games, 12 wins, one shutout, a 2.80 goals against and a 9.06 save percentage for the 25-year-old from Sherwood Park, Alberta. So that's some breaking news out of the NHL uh, on this Tuesday. Back to the Calgary Flames. Uh, I talked about it a little bit earlier. Adam Ruzicka will sit on Tuesday night against the St. Louis Blues as Cole Schwint has been recalled from the Calgary Wranglers and will center the fourth line uh, with A.J. Greer and Adam Klapka. It's not an NHL debut for Cole Schwint, but it is a Flames debut after a couple seasons in the Wranglers uh, organization. Of course, part of the Matthew Kachuk, Jonathan Huberto trade. Uh, now finally getting his chance to make an impression uh, at the NHL level. He's excited for it. He's got 20 points in 37 games with the Wranglers this season. and He spoke to the media following morning skate at the Scotiabank Saddledome. What's it mean to be here today? It's awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, something as a kid you dream of playing in the NHL, and um, you know to get that opportunity to you know step in the lineup tonight, it, it's exciting, and um, you know I'm pumped to go. 
Who do you think of Paul during these career milestones? Like, is it a coach? Is it family? Like, who do you think of when you've, you've got these moments? Yeah, no, I just think of family. Family first and foremost. Um, you know, my, my biggest support staff. Uh, can't thank them enough. My two brothers, my mom. Um, you know, my dad that, that isn't with us anymore. Um, you know, this is all for them. Uh, I owe it all to them, and uh, I'll be playing for them tonight. I know you can't speak for every Wranglers player, but what's this year been like seeing so many guys get get these opportunities to come up and play in the NHL? Yeah, you know, for, for all of us, it's a, you know, it's a great position to be in. Um, you know, like I said earlier, it's it's an honor to, to get that call up, and it's it's something that needs to be earned, and, um, and it's exciting. Uh, you know, you see guys like Zary and Posby up here, it's, they've done great, and, um, you know, that, that, that that's big credit to, to them putting the work in uh, with the Wranglers, and, um, you know, it's exciting. Everybody always dreams of being here, and, um, you know, it's, it's lucky that I'm here. It's been a few years since your last NHL game. Like, what, do you think things change in terms of the player you are and how, how ready you are for this compared to a few years ago? Yeah, no, I think this time around, I think I'm a little bit more mature. Um, I have a little bit of a better understanding of, of the player I am and the player that, that I want to be, and um, you know, I'm just excited for this one. It's been, it's been a year, like you said, and um, you know, I'm just excited to get back in the NHL and, and play a game here. There's Cole Schwint ahead of his Flames debut at the NHL level Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Again, one of the final cuts in training camp for the Calgary Flames. Went back down to the Wranglers, has had a very good attitude about it, and uh, it can be tough sometimes watching your teammates get called up on a consistent basis and find success at the NHL level. And you wonder if you're Cole, you know, I was one of the last cut to training camp. Why is it taking so long? Never had a negative attitude, just continued to be uh, a force for the Wranglers. He's done pretty much everything that Trent Call could have asked him to do with call-ups and injuries that the Wranglers have suffered. Uh, really excited for Cole to get this opportunity and excited to see if perhaps he can help that fourth line form a new identity. We talked about this a bit earlier, but I'm not surprised Adam Ruzichka is the odd man out. The fourth line has just been a rotating cast of it, maybe it's it's uh, underperforming is maybe a good way to put it, but they just haven't haven't come together at any point in time. And whether that's – it's a long list of guys when you look at it. Uh, if you include A.J. Greer, who's I think come off of it a little bit since a really strong start with the Flames, but I still think has been pretty good for the most part. You know, he's there. Ruzichka's part of it. Dewar's part of it. Dubé's been part of it. Um there's just been a lot of guys trying to find some footing and trying to find some consistency in that spot, and they haven't done it. And good on Craig Conroy. He continues to make good on his promise that if you earn an opportunity, we're going to find a spot for young players in this lineup. Well, Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddle is going to be a perfect example of Adam Klapka and Cole Schwint. You've worked hard with the Calgary Wranglers. You've put up good results with the Wranglers. We're having trouble on our fourth line. Time for you guys to get an opportunity and see if you can't turn that around, see if you can't uh, be the the solution for Ryan Husk on that fourth line. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I think it's a great message to send. I think it's a great organizational standard to set that if you're not getting it done, we're going to try something different. And maybe for other teams, it's trying different vets. But for the Calgary Flames right now, it's trying some of these youngsters. I think Adam Klapka... Had a good NHL debut Saturday against the Oilers, and I'm excited to see what happens in his second NHL game uh, alongside A.J. Greer and now Cole Schwint as uh, they're going to form the fourth line for the Calgary Flames. By the way, Matt Coronado 
sticking on that second line with Connor Zeri and Nazem Kadri as Martin Pospisil uh, is on injured reserve right now. So we'll get another chance to see uh, Matt up uh, from his recent recall from the Wranglers as well. Andrew Mangiapane missed practice on Monday at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Heard from head coach Ryan Huska afterward. Just a maintenance day for number 88. He's good to go. Tuesday against the St. Louis Blues was back on that spot with uh, Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman. Uh, he's our final check-in on the Flames locker room on a game day against St. Louis. Yeah, it was, uh, as you could tell in my voice, it was a little kind of under the weather there. So um, ready to go today and just uh, do whatever I can to help the team win. And just the importance of this stretch coming off a couple of heartbreaking losses. Just what you got to do tonight to Andrew. Yeah, I think uh, we got to you know play to our identity again, right? And that's playing as a five-man unit. You know, playing fast, playing quick. Um, obviously, they got a good team over there, so we got to watch out for their you know top kind of skilled players and um, kind of just manage the game in that aspect and kind of limit turnovers, right? And I think that's kind of what's been uh, getting us the last couple of games is you know, it's the puck management side of it, right? So I think we uh, clean those little plays up and we'll be okay. Man, you've been around um, all of our long time. You're drafted the yeah. same year, uh, playing and coming up the ranks. What did yesterday mean to you as a friend and teammate? Yeah, obviously I wasn't here with Shelly, but seeing him kind of on the ice through Twitter and all that, I was really happy for him, right? Uh, um, like you said, I, we got drafted the same year uh, together, so we've been together since kind of 2015, right, and playing in Stockton. So a so, um, really close friend of, of mine, and, uh, you know, I was just happy that you know, he was able to come back on the ice, and, you know, you see him smiling out there, and, you know, it looks great. So happy that he's around, and, you know, I'm, like, I, like I said, honestly, I'm just, like, happy that he's back. If he makes his return, what kind of an ad would that be? Oh, yeah, he's a smart, skilled, fast D-man, right? And, um, you know, he's smart with the puck and he has great skill, right? So we've seen that kind of over the years and I've seen that in kind of Stockton and in the NHL level. So, um, yeah, so I'm just hopefully kind of makes his return here soon and, you know, we all get to see um, how good of a player he is again. What are your observations of the St. Louis Blues? When you play them, what are you in for? Yeah, we're in for a close close game, right? I feel like uh, we're kind of... um, pretty similar in, in team um, kind of standings and aspects like that. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a close game uh, today and um, it's going to be tight checking and, you know, we got to prepare for that and, you know, be able to win those close games. Andrew, uh, just on that note about Oliver, just with Dylan taking his own time, like how do you guys rally around these guys or help them out when they are going through some, some tough times? Yeah, obviously, you know, Dylan's in the same kind of category, kind of grew up together uh, here. We've been together for a long time so um, I'm just here to kind of support him in any way right he's obviously a a close friend of mine so uh, if he kind of wants to talk and just kind of support him in any way possible right so um, that's all I think we can really do and you know just you know still hang out with him you know invite him to things team events little things like that and you know make sure that you know he's still a part of this team and and we're all here for him. Right? No, we we sent to other players from other players including yourself to Dylan. Are you say that again? Was that a message that you sent to Dylan and other players here in his yeah. message? Yeah, I think so, right? I obviously I think he just kind of wants his kind of time and space and you know let him um, deal with kind of that and all that but I think um, majority of the guys if not everybody kind of maybe texted him and you know, just wanted to, you know, say that we're here for him, right? And if he needs anything, just kind of let us know, and we'll always have your back type thing. 
There's no easy teams, certainly it's a day-by-day situation, but how important is this week with teams that you know you have to beat? Yeah, uh, I think we got to take it game by game, but like you said, it's uh, really important uh, games, right? And we have three kind of games kind of heading into the break, so we got kind of nothing to say before, so let's kind of empty the tank out, and, you know, game by game, obviously, but focus on today, but, you know, we got big three games, like you said, and, you know, we got to be ready to play in all three and, you know, be prepared to play hard, close checking games. Andrew Mangiapane, our final check-in in the Flames locker room on a game day. Andrew, three assists away from 100 in his NHL career. Might be a bit of an ask to get it all Tuesday at the Scotiabank Sound, but maybe before the homestands out, maybe before the All-Star break, uh, Andrew can reach that milestone. Uh, he's been playing much better hockey since being reunited with Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman on that de facto third line for the Calgary Flames. Again, 6 o'clock, Flames warm-up. Our coverage starts with Pat Steinberg. He'll get you ready for the Flames and the Blues at 7 with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960. The fan can tell you from earlier as well that um, Jacob Markstrom v. Jordan Binnington is your goaltending matchup. Uh, Jacob Markstrom back from a lower body injury. Jordan Binnington's been very good uh, in the calendar year of 2024 so far, uh, he has a 4-1-1 record, sporting a 198 goals against, 932 save percentage, and one shutout in six starts in 2024. Uh, perhaps an early lead going to be important for the Calgary Flames. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, one of the worst teams in the NHL when trailing uh, first this, uh, this uh, NHL season. When they get behind early, uh, their record four eighteen and two. That's not good. Can you guess who's worse than that, Shan? Worse than four eighteen and two. Yeah, when trailing first this season. I'm gonna go with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, no, they're better than that. San Jose Sharks. Correct. Jeez. The only worst team when trailing this season, the San Jose Sharks, who are two twenty five and one. That's a point. Eight nine save per, uh, win percentage. Don't want to be on a list with them. I'll say that. Uh, no, a list that includes the Sharks, Ducks, Blackhawks, and surprisingly the Sabers. They've had a rough year. Not great, considering they have so much talent and they expected to be a playoff team this year. The Atlantic is so tough, but that Sabers team and you're getting guys like Zach Benson chipping in after just being drafted, and they still cannot figure it out. Goaltending is is something they. Uh, they thought Devin Levi was going to be the guy, and I, I don't know if they're going to make it this year. Uh, so the Blues and the Flames go tonight from the Scotiabank Sound on part of nine games on the NHL schedule. Stars and Red Wings kick things off at five. You've got the Senators and the Habs also going on from Montreal. Lightning Flyers, Golden Knights, Islanders, Capitals, Wild. And then later tonight, the Columbus Blue Jackets, next opponent for the Calgary Flames. They're up the road in Edmonton, getting set to take on the Oilers at 7 o'clock. Those Sabres that Shan was just talking about, they're taking on the Ducks. What a premier matchup uh, from Anaheim at 8 o'clock tonight. Your late game, 8.30. Uh, those lowly San Jose Sharks welcome in the visiting New York Rangers. We'll dive more into this on Wednesday's edition of Sportsnet today, but did want to uh, pass along a congratulations to G. McNeil. Uh, he's been appointed president of the Calgary Stampeders on this Tuesday. He'll take over for now outgoing uh, President John Huffnagel, who's going to remain with the organization and, and is going to assume the role of special advisor to G. McNeil. He'll also serve as a special advisor to Dave Dickinson 
who is the GM and Stampeders head coach. Um, massive news for the Calgary Stampeders today to um, move away from the John Huffnagel era, which has been wildly successful for the Calgary Stampeders. And literally the only criticism that you can have of the John Huffnagel era in Calgary is that maybe it didn't include more Grey Cup wins. That's that's what it's been since 2008 when he came in as this team's head coach, has worked on a succession plan with Dave Dickinson. Um, this was part of the plan when the team hired Jay McNeil um, to have John uh, eventually transition out of the role of team president and hand that over to Jay McNeil once he was more comfortable in the environment. And Jay's going to join us in hour two on Wednesday to discuss this uh, new opportunity with the Calgary Stampeders. But you can't you can't talk about this without talking about the success that John Huffnagel had here in Calgary. And it's incredibly important that he's going to remain with the organization as an advisor to Jay and to Dave, because I think he's a great football mind. He's obviously a great talent um, scout for this team and has brought so many different players from so many different universities and colleges and drafts and free agents to Calgary through the years um, to just lose him entirely would be a massive blow to the Calgary Stampeders, but you have to tip your cap to the era of John Huffnagel and what it's meant here in Calgary. And hopefully it's continued success, nothing but continued success for Jay McNeil in that role uh, with Dave Dickinson as this team's GM and head coach. Um, the CFL can be a world of change and it can be frustrating at times, but the Calgary Stampeders have in large part, thanks to John Huffnagel, been able to build an organization that develops from within that keeps a hold of strong pieces and allows them greater opportunities within the structure in Calgary. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody stays. Corey Mace is a perfect example who, you know, went to Toronto as a defensive coordinator and is now the head coach in Saskatchewan. Sometimes you're not going to be able to keep everybody, especially with the ridiculous cap that the CFL has on um, on the coaching staffs right now, but still the Calgary Stampeders, the longevity of, of keeping Dave Dickinson for as long as they did. Mark Killam is part of that group. Brent Monson is part of that group. Um, I, I think it's very easy as a coaching professional or wanting to get into management with the Calgary Stampeders. It's really easy to see if you do the right things and you have success that the Calgary Stampeders are going to be an organization that supports that and wants to keep key players and, and keep key people in the organization long-term. So that's great to see. Uh, congratulations to Jay McNeil. Congratulations to John Huffnagel on just an incredible run here in Calgary. Uh, he's been a, a fixture in the community and really brought the Stampeders back from a dark place. They were not... Um, winning a lot of games. There was a time uh, it was very hard to get people at McMahon Stadium, and I know that's a different conversation today than it was back in 2008 when John started, but they started a run of dominance, going to great cups, you know, succeeding quarterbacks, the Burris era to Kevin Glenn and Drew Tate uh, to Bo Levi Mitchell, uh, and, you know, now eventually handing things off to Jake Mayer. Uh, all of that is because of the mind of John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson and the McMahon Stadium, really with the exception of the last two seasons under the John Huffnagel era, 
has been a horror show for other teams. You just don't win in Calgary. You just didn't come into Calgary and, and win games. McMahon Stadium was one of the toughest places to come in, and that's because John Huffnagel and company built such a strong organization and were able to maintain it year after year after year here in Calgary. And um, ask some of the other organizations in the CFL just how hard that is to do. And you'll see, look at Winnipeg. Why is Winnipeg having all this sustained success? Because they're keeping the right people in the right spots and promoting the right people to keep them in the organization. It's what Calgary did under John Huffnagel. It's, it's, it's the exact same formula. Yes, there's different players and there's different coaches that made it a success in Winnipeg, but don't think the Blue Bombers didn't sit there and see what Calgary did for a decade plus and thought, okay, well, we might have some of the right guys in place here now. Let's do what we can to keep them and stop the turnover that's so common in the CFL. Teams would kill to have that kind of consistency, and uh, it's great that the Stampeders have that. I'm looking forward to chatting with Jay on uh, Wednesday to see what he's got planned. This is a guy that's got a lot of vision for this team. Um, I'll, I'll ask about the stadium. I'll be curious to see you know, what he sees as the future for this Calgary Stampeders organization now that he's going to be in a you know, a significant role with the team going forward. And uh, I'm looking forward to it again. So congratulations to Jay McNeil, the new team president of the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, congratulations to John Hoffnagel on an outstanding uh, career as head coach, GM, and president of this team. Again, John will stay with the organization as a special advisor to Dave Dickinson and to Jay McNeil. So he's not, he's not gone entirely, but for sure, uh, letting others take uh, a more substantial role in the organization going forward. Again, Wednesday afternoon in hour two, uh, we're going to chat with new team president Jay McNeil, so make sure you're tuned in to that. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to chat uh, with my producer, Shan, about uh, a pretty massive deal between another streaming service and live sports and whether or not we like the direction that this is going for sports fans uh, we'll talk about that when Sportsnet Today returns here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Shan, do you remember a few weeks ago, there was a big commotion about an NFL playoff game being streamed exclusively on Peacock? People were angry. I do remember this. People were angry about that. The Chiefs and the Dolphins in the United States, if you were not in the local areas of Miami or KC, the only way that you could watch that NFL playoff game was to be a subscriber to Peacock, owned by NBC. And people were upset, and people were not happy they couldn't watch the playoff game, blah, blah, blah. Well, it did pretty well. In case you missed it, the game averaged 23 million viewers which isn't bad for a streaming service that has only about 30 million subscribers and was actually a better performer than the previous year's wildcard game on NBC. Now, admittedly, they had a pretty good matchup. Dolphins-Chiefs is a pretty appetizing matchup for people to want to tune into. And The Hollywood Reporter reported that NBC and Peacock paid the NFL $110 million 
to be able to stream that game exclusively on their streaming service. And like you mentioned, a lot of people didn't love it, and I can understand the the conversation. But the NFL loved the results, so did Peacock. Mm-hmm. And today, on this Tuesday, we got more news when it comes to live sporting events or live events and streaming services. Now, bear with me when I say sporting event here. Some of you will take issue with that, but I, I think this fits in the same realm. Yep. Uh, Netflix and WWE Raw have come together for a massive partnership that uh, means that Netflix will be the exclusive streaming home of WWE Raw starting January 2025 with uh, exclusive rights in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Latin America. It's a 10-year deal valued at more than $5 billion, and it comes from Netflix and TKO Group Holdings, which is the company that owns WWE, and this is the streaming platform making its real First major foray into live sports, um, while WWE is going to get access to nearly 250 million global subscribers to Netflix. Um, It's a massive, massive deal. Um, We're going to find out, you know, about the future of their other properties, SmackDown, NXT, the pay-per-views, all of that still kind of being figured out. They've brought in... Uh, Dwayne Johnson, better known as The Rock, as part of this. He's going to be a, a brand partner in all of this to help oversee it and, I guess, transition it from the, the TKO group's perspective. But I don't love where we're going with streaming and, and live sports. There's too many options out there right now for me. And I... <laughs> And it's it's becoming frustrating. I'm not a big WWE guy. I, I used to be. You and me kind of talked about this earlier. So it, this doesn't affect me a lot. But I'm just curious how many people... This I, I think this is the direction the sports is going. Yeah, 100%. I, I think there's no doubt when you see the NFL put up those kind of major numbers, you see the money that is getting thrown around $5 billion plus on a 10-year deal. Uh, I mentioned that, that playoff game for NBC. They paid $110 million to the NFL to stream one playoff game. To stream one playoff game. Yeah. The money is undeniable from these streamers. Five billion is crazy. For, leagues, for and, leagues and companies like WWE have no choice but to take that kind of money. But I'm curious if consumers are going to continue to buy into it because there's so many different options out there. The streaming thing is already becoming so widespread that it feels like if you want to watch your most popular shows, you've already got to be subscribed to, like, what? Amazon, Crave, HBO, Disney+, Plus, Netflix, right? Like, you've already got to have three or four streaming services if you're keeping up with the new shows on a day-to-day basis. What happens if the NHL becomes exclusively streamed on... Amazon Prime. Like, are people going to want to continue to pay for that? Is that a better model than, say, like a Sportsnet Now or a TSN Plus where you can get access 
to games that are outside your region. I'm very curious to see. I think this is where it's going, man. I, I think so too. And I think for myself, I've grown up a little more with those streaming services, right? And you, you look, people use the zone for football. I was fortunate enough to have that, that Peacock game, but you saw the NFL posting videos from that game. And so many people in the comments saying, I wish I could watch it. Looks like a cool game. But I, I was curious to know the numbers, and you know, you mentioned some of that to me, and $110 million for one game, but they still found success. That's what's shocking to me. And I, I, we all know that the NFL has so much money, and WWE racks in a ton of money too. And switching over to Netflix, they, people don't care where they're going. They just want to watch that. So so many WWE fans, wrestling fans, will will flock to Netflix, and Netflix will will thrive off this. And I think for myself, it's something that I'm somewhat getting used to. It's a little weird having nine different streaming services to watch a couple things. I want to watch golf, but I don't have it on this. And I want to watch hockey, but I don't have it on this. So that's getting a little ridiculous and it's pricey. And a lot of people are just sacrificing their, their cable bill to to pay for this. And, you know, some of it, it, it can be the same cost through and through. You, you get rid of sure. cable and, and you get, you know, six streaming services and you get almost everything you want. But I've been trying to explain this to my dad, who's trying to switch off of cable. It's like speaking a different language to him. He doesn't get it. He's like, well, why is... Okay, so I get this service, and then I should be able to watch everything. I'm like, no, this is mostly for hockey and basketball. He's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So I think a lot of people that have grown up with, with cable, satellite, whatever, they'll be really struggling with this to to understand it. And I guess I just want to know the money that, that comes in for, for some of these companies. And this $5 billion, you know, $5 billion in 10-year deal, I need to know what, after 10 years, what the money's going to look like. I, I'm just, I'm so curious, and I, I want to know the numbers, and there's a reason we're here and not dealing with those numbers, but I, uh, it, it's it's the way of, of the sports world now, and I just, I think it's going to get a little confusing when you got nine different streaming services. I'm genuinely curious if the streaming side of things leads to less money from TV deals, like, I mean, the NFL makes so much money off of the massive TV deals with Fox yeah. and you know ESPN and all these different outlets. Is is ESPN going to say the next time their deal is up, hey, we're not paying you nearly as much because you want to put half of the content on streaming services, and you know is streaming going to be the way that these leagues? make more of their money now like is that gonna i mean clearly the wwe felt that way 100 like they've, they've moved an entire brand to straight up streaming services like they're not going to be on tv you need to have netflix in canada the u.s the uk and latin america if you want to watch wwe that's it how many leagues follow suit with that and just say why would i have a tv deal here and uh, you know a streaming service for these games or these teams how many teams go down that road, right? Instead of having a local broadcast and just say, look, if you want to catch all Calgary Flames games, like how long are we three years away from that? Are we five years away from that? Where they just say, look, we're just going to go to a streaming service. They can handle the live events. Clearly there's enough uh, infrastructure and they've done it now with as many live events as they can. How long until that becomes the thing? And maybe only, the big games, maybe only playoff series or, you know, championship games are 
left out for you know the general satellite or cable consumer. I don't think we're that far away from that. We're going full bell curve here, where you start. I hear my my parents talk about they had three channels with with sports growing up, and then obviously you start you go to the the satellite and cable route, and you get to the top where sports is on every channel, and we're going back down. Where you're right, you might have the one Saturday night game, or you might have the the playoff games on cable, or some of the big ones. So it's it's interesting to see everyone pivot away away from cable. The question that I have. And if everything is to go to streaming, you say three, five years, and pe- people just don't watch cable, right? Let's let's say let's say that's that's what happens. How many people are just going to stream illegally? Because the UFC, I I bet you, I bet you ten percent of the population buys pay per view. The rest will stream that illegally. And and I I remember Dana White saying this where he said we're really going to crack down on it. I I promise you that hasn't happened. You can go watch a UFC event it's it's not good quality we that's that's part of the problem with streaming is it's not the same quality sometimes it's behind and if you don't have top of the line internet you might be lagging a little bit during while you're watching a game and that's certainly what people do not want um so i'm really curious to see how they crack down on illegal streaming if if that's the direction they go because i really think they have to there's there's you know 16 i think of a 16 year old in in Manitoba that wants to watch an NBA game. Are they going to go buy some kind of package from from the states to let's say they're a they're a Pacers fan. They want to go watch the Pacers, but you can only get that on, you know, this streaming service. I don't think the 16-year-old in high school is going to go out of the way to pay for that. They're just going to stream it illegally and I I I really I, I just I don't I need to know how they can even crack down on that. Well, and that's what I think happens is if enough of these Companies like the UFC and like WWE and the NFL yeah. start putting their money and putting their, you know, focus in on streaming services. Then I think you start to see a real crackdown because when that kind of money and that kind of power gets thrown around, then I think results happen. And yes, Dana White can talk about the UFC being a big entity and putting a bunch of money in on it. They're not big enough on their own to stop people from finding ways to, and maybe you never do. But I'd, I'd, I'd bet a hell of a lot of money that the combined forces of a number of different leagues and companies together would make it a lot harder Yeah, combined than just the UFC being the lone um, fight, you know, trying to, to, to knock it down. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that becomes a, a concern of theirs. But again, for right now, if it's one playoff game a year, who cares, right? Yeah. The numbers were good enough. They don't really care how much got got taken by an illegal stream, the numbers were still good enough to bypass that. It's when they start focusing in like a WWE and everything's on a streaming service. Then I think your, your point becomes really good here. Uh, the text lines really dove into this yeah, and uh, want to get to it here. Uh, 960-960. Uh, our pal Matt, Matt and Cochran saying that Canada gets raw SmackDown NXT and pay-per-views. Uh, and said, I canceled my Netflix a while ago. It became too expensive month to month for essentially just watching a handful of shows. But having a massive influx of content weekly with WWE has me interested in renewing my subscription. Uh, this text says, it's all byproduct of the monopolization of basic cable services. All the younger television viewers have given up on cable and given rise to streaming. We're in a transition period. One day we'll have an all-inclusive sports streaming service, probably not in our lifetime, run by a sports streaming service that does the best marketing. 
Uh, this one says, well, I paid for the full sports package on TELUS. I still get blocked for regional restrictions on half the games. That's that's a big problem. And that's that's a, that's a big problem with streaming, too, is if you're not in the right location, you don't have the, the premium package, you can't watch some of these games. So I think streaming services have done some damage by already angering people. That's why... That's why I, I think if some some of the older generation wouldn't want to switch over. I don't blame them. And it's interesting from like even going back to the Peacock NFL conversation. Like, how many full time subscribers did Peacock gain from that? Yeah, I, I, how like, many did people... they gain? Like, like, how many people really aren't going to just cancel their Peacock subscription after the one month or the free? I don't even know what it was. If it was a month, one month thing or a trial period or whatever. Yeah. They just say, look, I got to watch the NFL game. Really not any shows I want to watch on Peacock on a regular basis. I'm just not going to pay for it starting next month. Like, is that a long-term viable thing for Peacock? I don't know. Well, I, I think the only way they make money on that is they just realize that people forget to cancel their subscriptions. Like, Maybe. And, maybe and, that's enough for them, right? And that's, that's why I just want, I want to know all the numbers in detail because those little things... Yeah, you, you think, okay, I'm doing my free week on, on Peacock. Watch the Chiefs and Dolphins game. Cool. I'll worry about it next year if that happens again. But then you forget to cancel your subscription and then you pay another $30, whatever, over the next couple months. And so many people do that. That's That can turn out to be a lot of money. And uh, Peacock has turned into one of those, I don't want to call it a premier streaming service, but they've definitely uh, grown and, and blown up a little bit. So maybe they are one of the good ones. But I, who, who knows? It's just, I can't imagine a lot of people did the the week of of watching you know the Chiefs and Dolphins and said okay I'll stay I, I really don't think that's happening uh more of your text at 960960 this text says I personally will not pay any more than I already do to see a sporting event don't you know that normal people don't have money I'm not criticizing anybody for no. not having money this is just a conversation about where live sporting events are going I'm not I'm not trying to get on anybody who can't afford it no. or want to that's not that's certainly not where I'm going with any of this. And that's, that's part of what we're talking about here is that it is getting too expensive to yes. for, for normal people to be able to to pay for all these things. Some people don't. Some I, I think of the people in the States that are Chiefs or Dolphins fans that don't have the money to pay for that stuff. I feel for them because it's all been switched from from a normal routine and something that that maybe was more affordable. So that that's that's who I think about when when I see games like that. Well, and even how like the it's interesting to see this this Netflix WWE deal include Canada and the US because the rights for NFL different between Canada and the United yeah. States, right? Yeah, most people in Canada didn't have to subscribe to Peacock to see that game. It was on TSN. Yeah, I, I had to zone. That's, right? That's all what, yeah. and all their other streaming games on Thursdays or whatever never mattered. You you were just able to watch it on TSN. So yeah. how many of those future deals are like it's not just going to be for the United States, like it's going to be the United States and Canada included in this and you're all going to have to go through that streaming service. Uh this one says I got a couple here. Uh, <laughs> going to have to pay to breathe soon. They're essentially <laughs> making you buy a ticket uh, pay-per-view, they don't care about cable anymore. Uh, Walshie and Strath Vegas texted in saying, the only reason I have cable is to get all the live sports. My watching is going to decrease if I need a different service for all major sports. Totally agree with that. Yeah. That's my biggest worry in all of this. Uh, this one says, you do realize the Netflix deal is just for Raw, right? Not all WWE, not even close. That's not correct. I'm literally writing uh, an NBC article about uh, Netflix will become the home for all WWE shows 
and special shows outside the U.S., including SmackDown, NXT, as well as WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and the Royal Rumble. Uh, Big Mike texting in saying, hey, Logo, good conversation. I've gone from total sports fan, all the leagues, um, as streaming has become more popular, I've now narrowed it down to just Flames and Jays games because money is finite. And that's, I think a lot of people are like that, Mike, where it's like, I want to consume as much as I can and I'd love to to see a, an NBA game. I'd love to see the Raptors game, but I'm not paying $10.99 a month just so that I can grab a couple extra Raptors games during the week or, you know, whatever it is. I think a lot of people are probably like you, Mike, where it's like, hey, my heart lies with Team X and Team Y and whatever I need to do to watch those games, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to spend it on because I can't, I can't do Netflix and Peacock and NBC and streaming and cray. I can't do all that. And it gets annoying. And I, I think of the people that in Toronto or even the Canadian fans that want to watch the Raptors. Obviously, I've got the Sportsnet streaming service and I can watch most of the Raptors games, but there are some that the other network has. And it's the same thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They, they're covered by both because that's, that's Toronto. That's, they want to call them Canada's team. So they, you know, they try and split those games, but some people can watch half the games and some people don't. That's, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, this text says, how long before Logan's show goes to streaming? I'll, I'll be fired long before that, so you don't <laughs> yeah. have to worry. Uh, you, won't have to, you won't ever have to worry about me going anywhere big. Uh, if the texters have their way, I'll be out of this long before my show ever gets anything streaming. So uh, you're, you're a lucky texter. I'll be out of there well before that. Uh, our pal Shubes uh, chiming in. I subscribe to no streaming service. I siphon my sports net through my parents' cable, and I watch a lot of shows online for free. Uh, but it's also good exposure for companies like Peacock. I never heard of it until last week um, when a friend announced they were on a new reality TV show on Peacock. Uh, and yeah, hey, I mean, if you're Peacock and you want to be recognized with the Netflixes of the world in the streaming service, NFL is a pretty good way to partner up for that. I've heard Peacock more than I've heard Netflix, more than I've heard anything in the last two, two weeks. Um, what else we got here? On the positive side of this, and this is an interesting part of the argument too, boys, there's a lot of encompassing streaming services out there. I canceled cable years ago, went with Sports Pass. Remember, it's only illegal to host the stream. Fair. Yeah. Uh, this one says streamers do provide other perks, like potentially the ability to select different camera angles, and it might be an improved viewing experience. That's the one thing about this that intrigues me is whenever you talk about change like this, Shan, it's always, you know, for the leagues, it's like, you know, what can you do for me better? Yeah. Right? If you're Netflix and you're trying to sell the NFL on come to us full time, forget ESPN, forget Fox, forget all that. We're going to bring in player exclusive cameras, mm -hmm. right? If you want to see what Patrick Mahomes is doing on the bench, we're going to have a feed for you to to watch Patrick Mahomes on the bench. And switch to the Taylor Swift camera. We're going to have 8K cameras, <laughs> yeah. which isn't even physically. Like, you know what I mean? But that's yeah. an interesting point. Maybe the streaming services bring something different than the regular TV companies are going to. That, that is a really good point. I think, for my, I mean, using the Sportsnet one, you can watch four different games at once on one screen. That's, that's one of the perks. And obviously with technology and, and the advancements and there are so many possibilities. And I, I, I think of that text. The first thing I think of watching a, a, an NHL game, if I can switch the cameras, if they go on a power play, I'm switching my camera to just watch right behind the net. I think that's a, that's a cool shot. You can, you can see plays develop. I, I would do stuff like that. I, 
that that is that would be a selling point to me. Hundred percent. It would be a it would be a big selling point to me as well. And and some of the fans that get to have their own interactive viewing experience, I think that would be one of the main ones. Uh, Want to get a couple more in here before we get out of here this hour. Uh, Kobe and Airdrie says, shout out to the kid Shan getting on the air. What's up, Shan? Uh, I stopped paying for cable and ride completely on streaming services, but currently have five sports streaming services alone to watch all my teams, being that they're out of region, have to pay for the premium package on all of them, which is costing me more than basic cable, but that's the price one's got to pay to watch out of region teams. Yeah. That's that's a, a really unfortunate reality for a lot of people, right? And we've got a lot of Flames fans uh, outside of the Calgary market that I know do whatever they can. And sometimes you got to pay that price to, to watch your team. And like I said, maybe some of these subscribe or some of these subscription services and streamers, maybe they become the home to, you know, local broadcasts, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe, uh, you know, for provinces out West, just as an example, I I'm not, don't ever associate anything I say with what, the parent company would ever do. Mm-hmm. But if you're out West here in Canada, maybe there's a subscribing, uh, a subscribing streaming service for Jay's games. Yep. Right. Uh, out of market Jay's games, all that sort of stuff I think is going to be, is going to be part of it. Well, and first, first of all, shout out to Kobe. Good guy. I know him, uh, but it, Rest it's in peace, man. <laughs> okay. We can't do that. Uh, but Calgary is one of those areas. And, and for me, I'm a huge basketball fan. I love basketball and I find it hard to, to get the right games that I want to watch, especially the games. You, you look at some of the more talented teams, like look at a team like Miami. You're not getting a whole lot of Miami heat games out here. You're not getting, I'm not going to be able to see too many Pacers games out here. I want to watch Siakam play. I only get a couple chargers games a year yeah. uh, on, uh, as a chargers fan. I, I haven't paid up for, I usually just watch, um, why is it escaping me? Red zone. Yeah, the red zone. Red zone is. One I generally of the best. only watch that, but if if a Chargers game's on, it's not a primetime game. I'm, I'm not paying for the full package just to watch 16 Chargers games a no. year. Well, and I, I listen. I support the Arizona Cardinals, which has its uh, it, it's a painful experience as it is, and they they don't get any primetime games either, and that's it, it's hard to find those. And obviously, with the zone, you get you can get all those games covered, but. That's another streaming service that you add on. And then there, there are so many odd sports that I want to watch too. And you, it just, they're, they're spread out among so many different streaming services. And I, I, I just, I think it's time that this is a wake up call for me. I need to actually calculate the money that goes into this because at this point, I'm just paying these monthly payments that might not be helping me very much. Uh, we're going to end off on this one. There's been so many great texts. I just don't have the time to get to them all. Maybe we need to. Uh, re-up this conversation with maybe uh, somebody in the, the industry to, yeah. to dive into it more. But uh, I like this text. It says, I'm 60, ditched cable. I got the best internet I can get. I subscribe to the Zone for NFL, Sportsnet for NHL, TSN for CFL and NLL, several other services for non-sports content. Still cost me around 270 a month on average, but I canceled some season tickets to help me pay for it. Kids in their 30s have cut their cable, shared a zone with their buddies, they don't just watch hockey or CFL anymore because of the cost. Some leagues will disappear if they move strictly to streaming. And look, I think this is really just the beginning of this conversation. Um, and clearly, um, a lot of the sports fans that we interact with 
feel the same way we do, Shan, that um, there's a million different reasons to, right now, as a sports fan, be spread out between cable and streaming services. And like I said at the beginning of this, I just don't know where it's going from from here, but it's going to be something that we we watch for uh, on a pretty continuous basis. He's Shan Virgie. He's one of my outstanding producers, uh, along with Cam Hughes. Uh, great stuff from Shan and Cam this afternoon. Appreciate both of their hard work. we got to put a bow on the show because we got to get out of here. It's a Flames game day. We're very busy. Markstrom v. Bennington and Nett. Uh, Jacob uh, is back from his lower body injury. That's great news. Cole Schwint makes his Flames debut. He's in for Adam Ruzichka. 6 o'clock, Steinberg's got Flames warm-up. 7 o'clock, puck drop with Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson. We took a look at the opposition tonight with Alex Ferrario in hour one. If you missed any of it, check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. Uh, enjoy the Flames and the Blues. We'll be back on a Wednesday to break it all down, plus another edition of Wild Card Wednesday. Looking forward to it. We will chat with you on a Wednesday here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.